Don Adler was an asshole because he beat Evelyn and he was just a jealous little, you know, whiny boy. But Max Gerard was a different beast that I wanted to like kick in the ball sack so hard. Hey, it's Anisha. And this is Atifa. And we are the AMPM Bibliophiles. Welcome back. This week, you're joining us talking about The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Tifa, what is your one-sentence summary for the book? For me, it is that not being yourself is the worst fate. That was good. That's good. Mine is the best tell-all tales of tell-all tales. Can you give us a little bit of a history lesson on on the the background and the setting of this book? Just some minor history background on it is that it's set during the golden age of Hollywood, which is a period between the 1950s to the 1970s. With the main character of this book, Evelyn Hugo, the author based her off of well-known actresses of that time, like Elizabeth Taylor, Ava Gardner, Rita Hayworth. And even in the book, you do get kind of name drop um, actors and actresses in real life, like Rock Hudson and so on and so forth. I love historical fiction books because authors put so much effort into doing the research and the characters in the plot is just so well developed because they put so much energy into creating such a complex narrative that fits into a theme or period of time which is so cool. I think one of the most fascinating ways to learn about history is through reading it um, as, as a narrative. I, I'm always saying like history, I think was, is probably the mo- one of the most important things, subjects for, for all of us to be absorbing. Um, but unfortunately in the education system, it, the premise of the whatever it is you're discussing, that gets a little bit lost behind the dates and, and whatnot. So I love learning my history through books. Just a quick thing on this topic before we jump into Evelyn Hugo. Learning history in school, they make it seem so boring and so plain. You're like, dates, important names, battles and war. You know, history is not just about war and conquest. It's about culture. And, you know, I, with my own degree in history, my background in history, I'm taking cultures on the history of food, which is, like, so fascinating. And then you get to eat food. Like, you know, that's <laughs> great. Or history of film like you just watch movies all day and just see how over time there's so much avenues so for anyone who is interested in history or interested in a a point of history jump into it learn it take a class when you're in college or in high school if your school offers that wherever you live in the world do it because history is not just about dates battles and important people it's about culture it's about language at the end of the day it's about narrative you know, histories for stories. That exactly. being said, <laughs> now jumping into the narrative of Evelyn Hugo. Woo! We expected a twist, but the actual yeah. twist that the book gave us, I think for me was so much better than I could have hoped for. We went into this being like, okay, seven husbands, she had to off one of them. Like, <laughs> how is she going through them so fast? Like, what's going on? You know, the spin is that she's bisexual. You know, she has a lover who is another fellow actress with the cool name of Celia St. James. Now, doesn't that sound like a cool Hollywood actress? They have a love affair that spans decades, and it's 
attorney. Sorted? Sorted? <laughs> I told it. <laughs> Words. Um, it's just a really, really sad love affair because, you know, hearts get broken and they end up not talking for a period of time. But the book kind of opens up with Evelyn inviting this young reporter, a writer who works for like a really well-known magazine in New York City. Monique is the name of this character. And she specifically chooses her for this interview on these dresses that she's giving away for charity. But in reality, she chose her because she wanted her to write her tell-all book. You know, everything in our life, telling everything, every little dirty secret that she believes should be, you know, set out before her time comes. Throughout the book, because, you know, Evelyn clearly has seven husbands, Monique asks her this huge question, which I thought was so interesting, like, watch, mm. like reading it play out, which is, who is the great, like, the love of your life? Who is the love of Evelyn Hugo's life? And she couldn't answer it first. She was like, um, I can't do this right now. Um, we'll meet tomorrow. And I was like, well, damn, like, something's going on. And then for it to be real, that revealed that Celia St. James was and will always be the great love of her life was just so like sad to watch over time through her tale tell how it happened this this brings back the very start of the the book for me you you start off with this um young girl who has lots of ambition is uh, in quite a crappy situation in life and wants to escape and so she meets her first husband, <laughs> her first husband at what was it, like age 14, 15, or just yeah. super young. And she sees this man, she sees that he's heading to Hollywood for something or other. And it's like, that's my ticket. That's my ticket out of this life. So like already what I see taking place is like, there's something going on with identity. She's already, the identity she currently has, she doesn't resonate with her. She's not wanting to be too accepting of it. So she wants something else. But she also, I think, when she exits that home, she leaves behind her her Cuban side. Yeah, I mean, she but she kind of, in some ways, masked the ethnic side of her, just so being more white passing in Hollywood would just allow her to book more roles, which, if you want a real person to kind of connect this to in our life, Rita Hayworth, great example of someone who is Latina, but dyed her hair and changed her name to sound more anglicized to get far in Hollywood. Going kind of off of what you said, you know, it's not just a change of identity. It's like, it's also sexuality. She developed at a really young age and she knew from a young age that her body can get her what she wants, which is how she got married so young, you know? She convinced the man, hey, let's, let's do it. Let's get married. And they went off and you know, throughout this whole book, I love the fact that Evelyn goes against the standard role for women, which is get married, have babies, be a housewife. She battles against that for so many decades through many husbands. I love that about her. She's just like, I'm putting myself and my career first for someone who was living during the 1960s, 50s, 70s. Like, that's huge. No one talked about that or did that, or if they did, they were just like those women or worker women. So those women that no one really, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, raise eyebrow, like look to the left kind of thing. So I, I thought that was so great, you know, in some ways feminist of her to kind of take charge and 
want equal opportunity. And that's one thing I admire about Evelyn. Like, what about you? Uh, what do I admire about her? Yeah. Um, lots of things. I, I think she kind of, obviously at the end of her life, she, she has a lot of firm beliefs that she holds um, after her the experiences that she has had. So she does drop like a lot of truth bombs on us um uh, yeah i think one of the things that i learned to love and this is one of the, the ways that she was able to change monique as well is um i don't know how to put it into words but i think i remember at one point she said you know go back to your magazine company whatever it was called i, I forget make them like make them pay you what they would pay a white man <laughs> or when you're when you're selling my book my um my biography don't don't settle right don't recognize that as a female you've already got a, a lot of things going against you and then exploit the shit out of the people the, the men around you that's what she did essentially the, a, a lot of these men exploit them. It was, it's so fabulous too how she did like even how she got her first job as an actress she yes she did the whole casting couch thing where you know you have sex with someone you know get the role kind of vibe but hey a girl gotta start somewhere in this case for her and you know she went through she you know worked her way up became a producer and did all of that stuff and you know won the academy one and that's one thing i'll say about this character even though yes she was like a sex icon and did all these things that showcased her in a way that in some ways did demean her she was in charge and she took a lot of control of what she wanted to share and what people saw of her which was really cool to see for someone at that time have that much control and that much power to themselves and i loved it i, I another like I, I love great love affairs and i love the relationship between her and celia like it was so heartbreaking to see it explode and to see them not be with each other for so many years but in some ways i kind of agree with evelyn's side like i I really saw it from her, like, obviously we're seeing it from her yeah. perspective, but even just looking at the situation, which Celia just had a lot of issues with the fact that Evelyn wasn't fully, le like, lesbian, she wasn't fully, you know, just into girls, she was into men as well, because one of the things that Celia felt so insecure about was that Evelyn was in love with her first hu husband. You know, chapter title, Goddamn Don Adler. She was in love with Don Adler. Like, she had a true love for him and she felt a lot of passion and there was real feelings there. You know, it wasn't fake, like with her first husband, Ernie. <laughs> Poor Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he was just a meal ticket. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you forget about him. But yeah, this is what I, because remember in one of our last um, book chats, we talked about how. Uh, which one was it? There was a Laura or a Nora, I forget, they're all the same at this point. Yeah, it was a British woman, a 30-something British woman. Um, you didn't kind of get the insecurities like delved into, and what I loved about this book, exactly like you said, it does delve into the very, very real conversations that do actually happen. Like, insecurities are real, and they kind of, they're not a, they come out of nowhere, right? They develop and they build throughout the time span that the two are going to be together. And that's what we see. We see like little hints of insecurities from both sides, from both sides. And then eventually there's a thing that bursts the dam and 
the, the water is built up a little bit too strongly. Um, but, we, but, but before we go into that, like, I, I do want to talk about like the whole Hollywood aspect of it. I, I think the point where, what did you call it? Like when she had sex for a role? Casting cast. Casting cast. Okay. I didn't know that was, that was what it was called. There is a temptation, I think, there to potentially dislike um, Evelyn in, in that situation. But what you've got to keep in mind, and this is, I'm not saying either of us think this way, but there is potential for some people to think that. Um, you've got to keep in mind that how old was she at that point? And how, how old was the man? Like, even with her marriage, like, yes, technically for it to even happen, she had to get parental consent. And during the time of that marriage, it was more easily, I want to say, able for her to do that and get her way to do that. But with the situation with that kind of casting couch scenario, I mean, this is kind of crass of me to say, but like the, I want to say, I forgot what his role was in the movie. I feel like he's like a casting director or something. Yeah. Like or a producer or something. He had quite immense power in that studio. She like basically let him get to third base, like third base, like feed her out, do all that kind of stuff. I don't think she quite had sex with him, but and in some ways to a lot of people, that's still sex. Like that's all sex. But she knew that if she was going to get a spot, if she was going to get an opportunity, she would have to take those steps to do it. Otherwise, she would just be stuck in you know the side character roles not getting the main role which is mm. what she wanted yeah so as as unsavory as the situation itself is like don't hate don't hate the character hate the system the the system forces does very much force um people like that people like evelyn to be put into those situations i i, I think a younger me would have been very quick to like judge that and be like oh that ain't right but very quickly you learn it's it's the system it's the way and like, they set it going up off on that kind of assumption we kind of see that played in the book like when she divorced um don adler they never talked about like the media never talked about the fact that he physically abused her all the time they just said she left him because she they couldn't have a baby she didn't want a family like poor don adler that sucks because he like beat the shit out of her you know she broke a rib like it was serious he got away with that no one deserves to have their significant other beat the crap out of them and then get away with it and be made to be like the victim in the public you know she does take she does admit to some of the blame for most of it she made those decisions to be with those men in some cases with certain of uh, certain husbands that she does get married to she did choose them for a reason, but mm. in some ways, her tell-all tale exposes her truth. Because if you just look at it from an outside perspective, she's a hoe, she's a whore, she gets married to these men, she sleeps with them, and then she casts, casts them away, moves on to the next one. But in reality, it's like she was using Rex North to cover up her affair with Celia. Has the shotgun wedding <laughs> with the Rex. <laughs> And it upset Celia so much because she had this huge issue with Evelyn sleeping with them. And in Evelyn's standpoint, she's like, well, how could I convince them to marry me if I don't sleep with them? Like, you gotta give an inch to get the mile. Otherwise, yeah. it's not gonna happen. But that's exactly why men are attracted to her. And she recognizes that up front. Like, she is that sex symbol, the thing, the, the thing that men want but they can't all have, right? So she recognizes that's the reason yeah, why they're after her. Quote, 
that Evelyn says in the um, in the book that she said, um, you know, like all straight men, Celia too will get distracted when I take off my shirt. And, <laughs> and I was like, I love that. You know, like it's true. Um, but let's uh, I, I, let's touch back on the whole the inclusion of the the media, the the articles. Love that. Loved it because I hated it. It was a big part of Evelyn's truth as well. So great author choice there to, to have all of those. Going back to Evelyn Hugo, Atifa, who would you say was your favorite husband and why? Harry, for me, is probably the top contender. I'm trying to think if there were any other reasonable ones. The one thing that I do have problems with is like that he did see the signs of the the, the abuse and the violence. Um, and he couldn't really do, he didn't really do much, I don't think. And he couldn't really do much. If yeah. I could hold a thing against him, that would be the biggest. The only thing I could say to his defense is that he, in some ways, like Evelyn wore the pants in their relationship, even in their friendship. Like she was very much like, no, I'm, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. If something happens, I'll tell you, you know. Um, I would say he probably is my top one husband because he was there for her throughout her whole, like, throughout his whole life, really. Because he unfortunately died in a car crash that took his life. And then, you know, this is a huge spoiler if anyone hasn't read the book, but, you know, you're listening to us talk about stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, the same car crash that took away um, the other heroine in this novel, Monique Grant's father, and you kind of find out towards the end of the book, which I thought was the biggest, like, shock. Because, you know, going into this book, the way they kind of wrote Monique's character, I thought that she was, you know, because it was a weird relationship she had with Evelyn. Like, Evelyn clearly knew something about her that she withheld. And Monique was like, why did you choose me? Like, it, it doesn't really quite make sense. And I thought maybe she was a love child. Maybe yeah, she was. I thought that too. That's all the kind of stuff that I had. But then for it's to, it's later revealed that Monique's father had a love affair with Harry Cameron, who was one of the husbands and father of Evelyn's only child. And they were going, like he, Harry wanted uh, Monique's dad to kind of leave his family and like join them and he he was very much like I love you I think you might be like my greatest like love in my life but I can't leave my family like and I think he will understand this like these are this is my home I can't just leave them because you're the love of my life like there's other things in life that contribute to this it's not just about love and I thought that was a really cool twist but yeah I would say Harry would be my top husband second you know would be max i mean robert jameson celia's brother i loved robert i thought he was a great you know husband for and in some ways pseudo father to evelyn's yeah. daughter after harry died the daughter just went you know bonkers you know mom caught her in a threesome and she was like okay <laughs> we, need to, <laughs> we need to fix this you need to go to school you need to concentrate. Like, I understand you're going through stuff, but like, come on, girl. Yeah. I the, I think the only reason why I wouldn't say Robert, we didn't get to know him as much as we got to know Harry. Um, so yeah. that's the only thing. I, I, I really do believe that if Harry wasn't gay and Celia wasn't in Evelyn's life, I think those two would have ended up together and I think it would have lasted a long time. 
because even if Harry was gay, if Celia wasn't in the picture, I really do believe Evelyn would have just been like, can I just marry you? And can we just grow a family together? Because I have so much trust and love for you that I know that you'll treat me right. I don't care if you have, I guess, side guys on the side, because I know you will do the right. And he did. I mean, I love their little domestic, domestic <laughs> with, the, with their kid. Like, it was just so cute with Connor. Like, and it, there was also a really cool moment, too, in the book when um, Celia, so Celia, and it, in some ways, it was kind of like a swingers relationship between both couples. <laughs> Evelyn and Harry were married for a good portion of their life and Celia married Harry's lover and love of his life and both couples lived in houses next to each other and they would swing you know you know Celia would go to Evelyn's house and stay with her and then you know Harry would go to the other husband's house yeah she had her own insecurities too though um obviously the biggest one being her sexuality is that a, an insecurity or is that just yeah, something that I you mean, can't share I think it can be like and it depends on how you view it like i think she was always seen as a sex icon and she tried to not just be that and which is why she tried to do movies which explored you know really serious stuff yeah i think honestly this whole narrative bo boils down to the biggest thing for the biggest theme that comes out is just identity like finding your identity and reconciling that with what the world allows you to reveal and I love at the end, towards the end as well, even once the world was starting to become a bit more, no, the world wasn't becoming a bit more open. People were fighting more. People were protesting more because they had had enough of the crap that the world was giving them. I love that collectively the four of them decided that no, even we can't put ourselves into the spotlight at the forefront of this, this, um, this fight. As much as it does impact us, it's not our story. As soon as we step on the battlefield, it becomes not about queer rights it becomes these famous people i love that too i think that was the most honest thing that was said in the book you know and evelyn supported those things throughout her whole life and people never i mean people were like oh she's great but now they kind of understand why i think the huge uh, turning point for me in this book was when they really broke up for the you yeah. know final time do you agree though with what celia said and her decision to break up with her remind me again what it was so this was when they were kind of living in the highlight of their life domesticity i believe celia pushed evelyn to do that movie with her ex, uh, yeah. where they had the sex scene and i think in it she ended up doing some stuff with the ex it's so i don't think it's that she did stuff i think it's that she it was her portrayal it was um her having to actually act out the pleasure female pleasure i think that's what it was and that's what audiences are gonna see is her actually enjoying herself i don't know if it was actually any anything actually occurred between the two yeah because uh, she made a huge point of emphasizing why that was such a big thing female pleasure that wasn't um really seen in movies prior to that and i think that's the thing that silly had a problem it's like oh okay people are gonna see you enjoying yourself with this man and it kind of just like again bleeds on her own insecurity of the fact that evelyn's bisexual and another huge push and pull fight between the two is the question of do we want to be together out ourselves or not like what's our cover who's our beard <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think they owed it to the world to have to um out themselves i think in i don't know i and i think evelyn does say she doesn't really have any regrets about it they don't owe the world that i assume once if they had come out the media would have hounded them even more they didn't deserve that not for the time frame 
I don't know, even right now, I don't know how comfortable people are. It's drastically different 2021. They, they bring up a point when people like Elton John were coming out and saying like, hey, I'm gay and I'm proud, you know, rainbow all the way. <laughs> and even throughout the decades of Evelyn's life where she was with Celia, Celia and both Evelyn kind of have moments where they do kind of like, should we, should we come out? Should we do it? And while their love was so pure and so true in some ways, it was also kind of toxic and in some ways so like there's so much miscommunication between the two like even though they knew each other so well Celia was quite mean to Evelyn and Evelyn just took that internalized it and was like okay I'm gonna put my big girl pants on and I'm gonna move on and I gotta do shit and I was like oh, Evelyn just tell her how you feel <laughs> Celia stop drinking so much and you know listen like go to Talk, therapy. <laughs> uh, could they have though? Was that even an option? Would the therapist have one added them? Their, one of their husbands, like bring Harry in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he could have helped, but he would have probably chosen Evelyn, Evelyn's side. To be honest. Yeah, communication on, at the end of the day always is is a breaking point of anything, really. Um, this this book, I think I I enjoyed it because it gave the feels. It gave all the feels. It was like, uh, you felt their pain alongside them. You felt their frustration. You felt their anger as well at the world, at the men, oh, all the bloody men of the world. What is what does she say? There's one one of the quotes that I did highlight that I liked is like, you wonder it must feel like to be a man to be so confident that the final say is yours. I think this was in, I forget where, but it was probably referring to one of her husbands who was just like, this is my decision and that's the decision that holds. My say is the final say. Those two men could be like Don Adler or Max Gerard. Both of them assholes. I hated Max. (laughs) Totally different way. But I hated, oh, actually, no, mm, they both had that facade of like, hey, I'm a good person, which is why she got with them. But as soon as she got to know them a bit more, there was one that was just, you know, so insecure in his own potential insignificance to the world in comparison to his wife. And then the other one was um, just seeing her as a conquest. Like you're the thing that, you're a trophy, essentially. You're a trophy. And when you don't... Like with, okay, like I, Don Adler was an asshole because he beat Evelyn and he was just a jealous little, you know, whiny boy. But Max Gerard was a different beast that I wanted to like kick in the ball sack so hard <laughs> because from the get go, I called it. I was like, well, for, from my point of view, I was like, he's just using her. Like, she, he only sees her as a sex bot because everything he said to talk about her was like i saw you everything about you just drew me in i'm like so all you saw was just her beauty nothing about her personality or you know her humor like the little things no all he saw was everything that made up evelyn like what the media saw everything that what the icon that she stood for that's all he fell for and mm-hmm. then when the rally, reality hit of, like, who Evelyn was, he was so bad to her. Like, Don Adler might have not known that she was gay, but Max Gerard knew. He found out. And he was just, like, just saying all the shit about her. And just, like, and, you know, Evelyn almost got caught there for a second with all the shit that he was spewing from his mouth. 
yeah, he was just a different beast that was not wanted or needed in any girl's life. Yeah. Um, props to Evelyn, though. She she held her own um, throughout all these like really despicable relationships. Um, she had a cunning in her. I forget what the plan was with that thing. She made it out to seem like a crazy person wanting to spread rumors. So any, anyone who heard anything he was saying would, would question the, the reality. She was she was cunning. And I think, yeah, no, she was cunning because she had to be. It was a life, Evelyn, the fake Evelyn that you you lived. But I, yeah, you wonder, there are obviously real parallels to all of this. You wonder who's going through different aspects of this narrative in reality. The gay side of Hollywood. <laughs> the underground <laughs> gay side, because that's really what it is. And what's sad is that, like, for a really long time, you know, people had to really hide and keep their true selves from everyone and you know oh he's just a confirmed bachelor my ass like we all know he was getting d from the other dude like (laughs) chill bro for anyone who's interested in kind of watching anything that has to deal with this topic kind of old age hollywood stuff there is a mini mini series on netflix called hollywood (laughs) which kind of does the whole what if situation on these topics that we dis- discussed, like LGBTQ as well as ethnic representation in Hollywood media. Um, and it's really cool. It's by Ryan Murphy. So if anyone has watched any of his stuff, that will be an interest to you to watch. Um, or if they read this book, to watch something like that. And I did a quick Google search before we recorded this episode, and I found out that the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is greenlit to have a possible TV production Ooh. on the form. So if anyone else like us enjoyed the book super, like immensely, like literally finished it within like 24 hours type beat, um, <laughs> uh, I believe Freeform and Fox 21 or something uh, are making this a possible TV show. And... On that note, thank you so much for listening again to us once more this week. Um, hopefully you can join us again next week for The Family Upstairs by Lisa Jewell. And this book is a little bit different from the books we read in the past. This one's a full out mystery um, kind of thriller situation. I mean, the first book we read, which was The Train, was a thriller, but this one's more of a mystery. and kind of has a very intriguing plot, you know, death, family secrets, creepy things happening. (laughs) So we're both excited for this one. So stay tuned for that episode coming your way next week.